0: I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words.
1: What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peed.
0: I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG, and I'm down to dunk.
1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host Andrew Schlag for part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and feature on Dash Radio at five o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Good morning. Back to the morning pods. Morning pod. Uh, so we will talk a lot about the Thunder, about what they can and can't do, and tons of speculation, but. <laughs> I do think that we need to address the the Houston rockets and their the report that was leaked uh by an anonymous source named daryl um, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts alex on this on this whole thing uh honestly I'm
0: surprised this hasn't become even a bigger story than it is like i f- I feel like this is a huge story, yeah, and not not necessarily. Because there's there's two parts of the story. One is them actually doing the audit, okay, and sending it to the league, which honestly isn't that out of the norm. Like we've we've heard about the Mavericks doing something similar back in 2006, where they like sent in a bunch of video, and I think teams are continually sending in you know video clips, letting the league know, hey, you should look at this, you should look at this. Um, The only thing unique about the Rockets was the way in which they did it, which was. They did this, you know, this statistical analysis where every time the ref would miss a call, according to the NBA, they would assign like a point value, like an expected point value that would have come if that call had been called, made correctly. Mm -hmm. And then based on that, they added them all up and got to 18 points, which that in and of itself is funny to me because they're basically saying like, on average, we would have gotten 18 points. And then they just kind of like, laid out there like oh well obviously they would have gotten at least 18 points because everything always comes back to the mean meanwhile in that same game they missed 27 straight threes (laughs) which is like a historical anomaly and we're supposed to believe that we're supposed to like buy into the fact that well this other part of the game would have been absolutely average
1: right and and that the officials have have fixed this thing for them they're just they're just against them i mean if the officials were. Blocking the three-point shots from going in, sure, like that would be very obvious. But if they make six of those, seven of those, like it's a it's a different game.
0: And then, so that's like one whole part of it. But the part of to me that's actually interesting is the fact that this was obviously leaked by the Rockets after a very contentious Game One, Mm -hmm. where they felt like they didn't get any calls just like a smack in the face to the league, you know? Mm -hmm. This is just so crazy to me that they would do this and think that the PR would end up looking good for them. Like, I'm sure their fans enjoyed it and were like, oh, look at this very detailed memo. Right. (laughs) So I'm so glad our team's doing this. But, I I mean, I felt like everyone else over the course of these last two days has come to the position that, like, you guys got to stop whining. Like, this is a joke. Like, just play the game.
1: It's I mean it's extremely tone deaf on so many levels. Not only like should he not do this in general because it looks bad for the league, look makes your team look bad. But it, you're the Rockets. You're the team that like hunts fouls. You're the team that hunts three point fouls. You're the guy that has James Harden holding Dennis Schroeder against his body and gets a foul call. You're that team you know
0: <laughs> that's true i wasn't even bringing up like the hypocritical part
1: of this like it's unbelievable that they would attack the refs when the refs when i'm sure the refs have to have so many meetings about the rockets period to just say like how do how are we supposed to officiate these guys because two of their guys are trying to trick us on every offensive possession and they're trying to make us think that they're getting fouled, and we cannot call everything. I'm sure the league officials spend more time and effort to make sure they officiate the Rockets correctly than any other team.
0: Yeah, and then, so even last night, you watched that game, and James Harden gets hit pretty early in the game, got a laceration on his eyelid, and re-watching the video like i think in everyone's mind it was like is he did he flop there because that doesn't the way his body reacted didn't look that different from the way he usually acts but then he like stayed down really long and you're like wow he's like really playing this up (laughs) and then finally i get to the point where i'm like okay he's actually hurt like he is bleeding from his eye apparently right (laughs) yeah it's I, i mean i totally get it from the ref's point of view like how do you there's no difference between the way it looks when he's flopping versus when they actually get hit so how can you ever know and if you're going to start trying to officiate it in a way that you think is correct which means cut down on these fouls where you feel like you've been tricked you're going to make mistakes where he actually did get fouled
1: Mm
0: -hmm. that's inevitability yep and that all goes back to the way he approaches the game, the way Chris Paul approaches the game, the way the Houston Rockets in general approach the game. So I don't know like what they expected. This, And by the way, this has happened in every other playoffs. Right. This <laughs> happens all the time to the Rockets.
1: Oh, jeez. And the Warriors are just awesome. They're just... All the concern that everybody had about them, just like, okay, like, what are we doing here? Like The most talented team ever! Like, they're going to crush everybody. They're just going to.
0: You know, what's, and I, I get it from the Rockets' perspective because what is so frustrating about the Warriors is that we know they're good enough to, like, blow the Rockets out. And yet they rarely, if ever, do that. Mm-hmm. They always keep these games super close. Um, like, I, I remember right when Harden went down last night, this guy I follow, Spencer Hall, online, he was like, well, looking forward to watching uh, the Rockets lose by four points. Because, like, <laughs> even with Harden out, you, I still felt like it was going to end up being a close game. Yeah. Which is a testament to, like, how good the Houston system is. But also just the fact that, like, Golden State just lets teams hang around and then they eventually turn it on at some point. Mm-hmm. And so... You get these games where I get it from the Rockets' perspective. They're like, we were so close. Like, if one or two foul calls go our way, we're going to win. If we make a couple more threes, we're going to win. And it, I I understand why it feels that way. But at the same time, it's like Golden State probably could have just turned it on at a different point and would have beaten you. And yeah, it feels like just a charade.
1: (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State blew them out in Houston. Like trying to send a message there, because they've been—they right. haven't played well in Oracle, like in a long time. Like they haven't like just killed people there, and so it wouldn't surprise me if they go there and want to send a message to the Rockets and the Rockets fans, and they certainly could do that. Uh, okay, let's shift to the Thunder. So we've had exit interviews for everybody. Sam talked on Monday. The players talked on. Friday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. You were there in person. I know. I don't remember. (laughs) Uh, I believe it was Thursday. It was Thursday for sure. It was Thursday. Uh, So we've heard from everybody. I've put a lot of thoughts out there, but we haven't heard from you yet. What are your What are your thoughts on the exit interviews? Anything that sticks out to you at all?
0: Uh, a lot of what other people said. Like the the Russ interview was really interesting, just because it was. More than two words mm-hmm. each answer. That, that, it was just cool. You, it felt like you were learning a little bit more about him. And, and there is a part of you that thinks, man, if we could just get this once a year, like I guess I'm okay putting up with everything else <laughs> like during the year. Because it was really good. Like There were some insightful answers. Yeah. There were also answers that like you don't agree with, but they reflect Russell Westbrook's personality. Mm-hmm. So you, you still get to like learn a little bit more about how he sees all of this and approaches all of it. Um, I did listen to the entire Sam Presti <laughs> ex interview, which was long. And was you told cool. me before the pod that not only were you there, but you held your phone up, physically held it up the entire
1: time. I did. I did. That's... Now,
0: would you really have gotten worse audio quality if you had just had it on like your lap?
1: Well, I was doing video.
0: Oh, you were doing video. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even worse. You got to like keep them in frame. Mm hmm. You got to get like a, a selfie stick or something.
1: <laughs> I know. I you need to get something. It out. Uh, I should, I um, should have bought the tripod, the tripod. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: He, his interview was interesting sometimes. <laughs> You're interesting, I felt like kind every, of. everything was qualified. Yeah. So like he never actually said anything that crazy. Like I, the, the best – answer i thought he had was on westbrook which that question was going to be inevitable mm-hmm. he said it was inevitable so it was obviously like he had prepared this response mm-hmm. and so he'll say things like yeah this was a really bad two months for russ like he really went through a lot or he'll say something like you know do we wish he approached the media differently sure he'll say something like that mm-hmm. but he always comes right back but he's been here for 11 years Mm-hmm. But he's been here for 11 years. He's done a lot of philanthropic things. Like every, it wasn't even like, a, you know, like a compliment sandwich. Yeah. Where you say something nice, <laughs> criticize, and then you say something nice. Yeah. It wasn't even that. It was like an open face sandwich. Like every time he said something critical, he'd be right there with it, with it, with something nice to say. Yeah. And then it just went back and forth the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, and I get that he has to do that. He was actively avoiding having a take. <laughs> that he's, was going to, like, come he, out of this. I
1: mean, he's in a tough spot. I mean, honestly. like he, One, it would be a weird look for Sam to go out there and just, like, really, really criticize Russell Westbrook to the media. Your point guard that has averaged a triple-double three seasons in a row, that's most likely going to make the All-NBA team this year, that has stuck around with your franchise when he didn't have to, you know, in Oklahoma City when there was a spot for him with the Lakers, you know, there's, he, he owes him a lot. There's, this team is not here without Russell. Paul George is not here. Like this team isn't what it is at all without Russ. I mean, when Kevin left, Russ could have said, yep, me too. You know, and there's, there's a a relationship that he has to maintain and that he, he has to keep going with this guy that you've, and also, he's not going to trash him in the, with the media at all. But I think that he did kind of put something to rest that a lot of people think that people don't have tough conversations with Russell Westbrook behind the scenes, and like Sam even said it, that they do. You know, He said he's pre- going
0: to let us listen to it. <laughs> I would.
1: That <laughs> would, would that'd be awesome. But, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the one thing. is that I think that's a misconception that's out there that's being said by a lot of people. That you know the Thunder don't have difficult conversations with Russell Westbrook, like that's just not true. Um, and Sam said it, so I just want to make sure that that's out there that they do address him about everything. And right. at some level, like he's a grown man, he's gonna he's he is the face of the franchise. He's gonna do what he wants at some at some point. But the team does coach him. Like he he did change his approach with Barry Trammell, probably because. He had Sam Presti and others in his ear saying, like, you can't keep doing this. Let me show you what it's doing for you. Right. Um, and then he changed his approach, you know. Which shows that Russ, I mean, a lot of people just think, when they think about Russell Westbrook, like, he'll never change, he's the same, and he's just going to sink this ship, blah, 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 you know. But, like, he has changed. Like, he was a changed player, really, until Paul George got hurt, and then he felt like he had to take on more of the load uh he he was kind of the number 2 guy on this team for much of the season and then when paul got hurt he felt like he had to take over and obviously we saw where that led us but um i, I don't know i think there's there's a lot out there about russell and he's he's so complicated it's not like the conversation is is a long conversation about russell you know And I think there's a lot of fans, there's a lot more fans now that would entertain the idea of trading him, um, than ever before. And one, that's just not going to happen. They're not going to do that. Uh, and two, he's probably not as bad as our perception is of him right now.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I thought it was interesting that he kind of demarcated that two month period, um, saying like, yeah, Russ has been bad. Or, or he, I guess he just said like, it's been a rough two months, which yeah. was interesting because Russ actually started playing a lot better or at least shooting better after the all-star break while mm-hmm. they were going through that swoon. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that was just in reference to like the media relations or if it was more talking about the very end of the season against Portland.
1: I think it's, um, de- it's definitely talking about the month of March and the playoffs. Yeah, the way that they, the way they played,
0: and then uh, I didn't, I didn't take. I feel like people were overanalyzing what he was saying about Billy. It's listening back to it; it sounded pretty obvious that they're bringing him back. Yeah, I, I, people were saying like, "Oh, he didn't definitively state he's coming back, so maybe there's a door open." Which uh, there is a door open always, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that's why he didn't say that but still like reading between the tea leaves he he seemed pretty confident that billy was coming back
1: yeah unless uh, and i was talking to royce and brett and john last night and they kind of read it more as he's coming back unless he says he doesn't want to (laughs) right right you know and billy might say that i mean there's there's a part of you that would not blame Billy if he just said you know what this isn't working for me <laughs> this isn't working for any of us right now yeah and I'd like to go coach whatever college team I want you know instead and he could probably sit out a year and then choose his program you know right um so and that's that's another thing like does Billy Donovan want to sit out a year at this point in his career like he may not want to and so he may coach another year, like all the while looking for a job and then get one. So who knows? Who who knows? But Billy, I would be surprised if he's not back. I'd also just like to prepare your hearts and minds, Thunder fans, like there's a chance Billy Donovan's like a long term coach for the Thunder. Like there's a there's a chance of that where he maybe finishes the year and then gets some sort of extension and then is like the coach for this team as they rebuild. Like there's and maybe maybe there's a vision for that because if if Billy has done anything well consistently over these 4 years of being the coach, it's been development. I feel like he's helped develop a lot of players. A lot of guys have gotten a lot better um under under him. So Man, Andrew,
0: Thunder Twitter is not going to like that.
1: I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. Uh, I'm just saying that that might be a thing. So I don't, I don't, I think that they should find somebody else, honestly. But may, maybe at this point, they're looking further than just these two years, which I don't think they should. Like, I think that you should just put everything you've got into. This run with this team, whether it's two years that you have left or four years you have left, whatever it is, with the core of Paul George and Russell Westbrook, like as long as you've got these guys, you should put everything you have into it. And I, I'm not trying to say that they're not trying to do that. They may just think Billy is the right coach for this team. Right. I would probably disagree after we've seen the last two years, but. There's a chance that things could get better, that this team comes back better, that Billy changes a few things, Russell changes a few things. Honestly, like Russell Westbrook's not that far. Like he doesn't have so many changes to make that it would be impossible for him to ever get there. It's it's the off the dribble pull-up threes that need to be gone. Uh it's the early shot clock shots that need to be gone. And then like really like what else? You know,
0: free like throws,
1: free throws, but he did. So in the, in the playoffs, he shot 88, 88% from the free yeah. throw line. It wasn't a crazy number of attempts, but he did change his form. Uh, did you, did you notice
0: he has, a, he has a wider stance?
1: Yeah, he's, he's a, it's a lot. It's like significantly wider and he shot a lot better uh, than he did in the regular season. So maybe that's fixed. I don't know. Like maybe, I mean, if he, can shoot 88% for the regular season. If he did that, if he even shot 80% for the season, the Thunder win. What? They probably win three more games.
0: Yeah, like honestly, two or three games and think about all the difference that would
1: make. Yeah. I mean, that's honest, that's like that's on the table. So if Russell can come back and be that kind of free throw shooter and just even a little bit worse, which I think is would be expected like it's a different it's a different game like he's attacking the basket more he's probably trying to get fouled more uh, he's playing with more aggression because there were times where you felt like maybe he's is he shying away like I don't know does Russell shy away from things and like that's kind of a weird kind of conversation to have about him uh, but there were times when he's shooting like 60% from the free throw line and the effectiveness is just not there and so if he can be a guy that's going to make his free throws, that's one thing that can be cleaned up, that would be a whole lot better. And if his shot selection could just be marginally better, it doesn't have to, he doesn't have to only take spot-up threes and shots at the rim. You know, he can take shots here and there like they need him to take shots. They really do. But they need him to dial it back, and they need to be giving as many shots as they can to Paul, and they need to be giving the ball to Paul George a lot more to run the offense and to run a pick and roll and to be the number one guy. And when Paul was healthy, he was. And, you know, Paul's health is obviously something uh, that's to be questioned going into next season. We don't know uh, his status yet. We don't, he hasn't had surgery they haven't announced anything so we really don't even know what the injury is or have any sort of timeline uh so that's something to watch for that i would guess would be released within a week or so Um, yeah but anyways what what other so they're not going to change billy donovan as the coach unless billy wants to leave and so that kind of leaves us with what else can they change you know what else is there to be changed
0: Uh, So there's the assistant coaches, which we know even less about in terms of evaluating (laughs) than
1: a head coach. Bob Beyer was holding us back all season. (laughs) So
0: I don't think we can say much about that. Um, But yeah, I, I guess moving into potential trades and just looking at this roster, you know, I think for most people, the obvious candidate is Steven Adams
1: there's a lot of Steven Adams trade talks and I'm just going to stop there because if there are people that would like to trade Steven Adams for a package that includes Alex Len who would then be his replacement and I I don't know how to help you. I don't. I want to help you. I want I want things to get better for you, but we that that cannot be a thing, guys. I'm sorry. That I know that he shot threes this season, and he made like 36%. That is super cool for for Alex Lynn. That's really, really cool. Uh, that's That guy's not going to help the Thunder. I'm sorry. That guy is not going to make the team better. That guy will actively make this team worse if that's the guy that you're wanting to start. So
0: Man.
1: we can just begin there.
0: <laughs> Jeez, you don't like Alex Lynn.
1: I don't uh, like Alex that... Lynn as my starting center. I like him as a New Orleans Noel replacement. Cool. That'd be fun, but not as a not as a starting center. No way. He so didn't the, start for Atlanta.
0: That's true. So the thing with Adams, when thinking about trades, you know, the, uh, at Connor Parton, he, and I think he kind of summed up what a lot of Thunder fans think. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but mm-hmm. he said, Adams has to be a main piece in trade talks. He's one of my favorite players, and I love the guy, but he can't stretch the floor flare. <laughs> I can't stretch the flare. He can't stretch the floor. He can't shoot free throws. And his value is more in the 10 to 12 million, my opinion, a year range, not 20 plus. I think that's what a lot of people think. I don't think that's like a, a crazy opinion. I think that's actually no. a pretty common opinion out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my response would be, OK, well, then why is another team going to give us <laughs> a really good piece back for that? Mm hmm. Because he is making 25.8. Next year he's making 27.5 the year after. He's paid like a top eight center. I think next year he's going to have the eighth highest salary of any center out there. Mm -hmm. The only center who I think in that range who has a worse contract is Hassan Whiteside. Um, All the other guys, you know, it's like Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic, those kind of guys. Yeah, Um, Joel Embiid is up there too. So he's also at this position – where we're even seeing it in this Rockets series, like with Capella. I mean, Capella had like an okay stat line last night. I think he was 14 and 10, but he's also like a minus 21, and he just Mm -hmm. didn't look great out there on the court Mm -hmm. when when he would play. And we saw a similar thing with Adams in the first round, which obviously shocked all of us. We were not expecting that at all. But I do feel like we're selling him at a discount right now. I mean, think about how we thought about him – after like was it the 2016 playoffs yeah, yeah. and then he came back and we, we thought he was about to take a leap and then he kind of just kind of he, he plateaued a little bit that next season
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's not like we're selling him at a high point i really feel like we're selling low on steven adams yeah and i just don't know if that's the best idea on the other hand he's the biggest contract the biggest movable contract probably on the team outside of you know russ and pg mm-hmm. who i don't think is are going to get moved so it's just not, tough. Yeah. It's tough coming up with trade scenarios that make sense for us, but also for the other team. Like who right. actively wants to bring in Steven Adams beyond uh, – he's obviously like a really good center in this league. Mm-hmm. But if other teams are looking around and seeing someone like Nurkic making $12 million a year, who obviously is hurt right now, um, or even someone like Capella who's making significantly less than Steven Adams, do they really mm-hmm. want to invest that much of their cap in a center who's in that kind of same talent range. Sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but they couldn't go, like, you couldn't go get Clint Capella is, like, the difference. True. You know Like, yeah. you just couldn't go get those guys. You could not get Nurkic from the Blazers because you can't give equal value back. Yeah, the Thunder are in a weird spot with Steven. He holds a ton of value to this team. He was really, and he was another part of that last part of the season. Steven wasn't very good. He was not very good for this team. And he had stretches where he was really great for the team. And so that's another reason why they just weren't as good down the stretch is that Steven wasn't as good. I don't know if that's like wear and tear or what that is. I don't know. But, I mean, and we – I don't think I have this as a trade call today, but, like, the Kevin Love situation, it takes a situation like that to make you kind of believe that it could happen. You know, like, Kevin Love's a guy that has a longer contract than Steven. On about the same money, and you could, and he's a lot older than what the Cavs want to be, you know. Right. And so that's a situation where you could see it. And there's, and McKelly doesn't. <laughs> McKelly's been very vocal to me um, on the pod and in text messages that he's not with Kevin Love on the Thunder. That really worries him. <laughs> but to me, um, that's a situation that I think would make sense. There's not a ton of other teams that, like, need a center or would be able to, like, if like, even if, like, the Knicks wanted to trade for Steven Adams, like, they don't have anything to trade for Steven Adams, you know? Like, what are you going to end up with? Yeah. Luke Cornett and Lance Thomas. Like, they don't even have enough, like, salary to get him, you know? They, I guess they could absorb it into their cap. But they don't have anything, you know? And then, like, who else? Like, Atlanta wouldn't do it. Boston has big guys, and they're trying to get Anthony Davis. Brooklyn? I mean, Brooklyn's got a guy. Charlotte, who knows what they want. Like, all these rebuilding teams probably don't need him. And we talked, I was texting with McKelly about Detroit and, like, the idea of Blake Griffin, who has a worse contract than Kevin Love and Steven Adams, but like McKelly kind of likes the fit and I I could see that. Like playing like playing Blake and Jeremy together would that would probably be a pretty nice front court. Um but like why would they do that? They have Andre Drummond locked up for the same amount of money. You can't play Andre Drummond and Steven Adams together. And so <laughs> you are in a tough spot with with Steven. And I think the most likely thing is that the Thunder just keep him, to be honest. Right.
0: That, that's what I expect too. I mean, the one the one bonus he has going for him is that everyone seems to universally like him and think he's a good guy. So. He's great.
1: He's he's great,
0: and maybe someone will trade just for the personality. You know, like we got to get this guy <laughs> in here. We have no personality. We what, what if someone like built their whole team identity around
1: Stephen Adams? That'd be pretty fun. You know, like if Memphis did that, like yeah, they could do that, and if like they're the Steven Adams team. That'd be awesome. (laughs) I'm trying to think like who else could do that. I think New Orleans could be a team that just builds their team around Steven Adams and his personality and like (laughs) everything on the Jumbotron is Steven Adams saying something.
0: After every player makes a shot on his team, (laughs) it's one of his sayings. It'd be fun. <laughs> Christian Woodmate.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they could have like tattoo arm sleeves as like a giveaway.
1: You know, like the Thunder the Thunder have this gem and they don't use it. They don't use it. They don't use Steven Adams enough. You know?
0: It's true, especially when you look at a team like uh the Mavs, they always have really good, you know, timeout videos. Yeah. With with their players. And we we have a pretty decent collection of guys. Obviously, Steven Adams is the headliner. But yeah, we need we need more of him. Everyone loves him.
1: It's a travesty. It's honestly just an absolute it's, disaster. It's
0: a, it's a travesty. It is. Couldn't <laughs> have said it better myself. It's an
1: absolute disaster for the Thunder. <laughs> it's, the, it's the worst thing about the Thunder, honestly. It's it's the they don't use Steven Adams enough and then pull up three point jumpers from Russell Westbrook in that order. Uh so we have some trades from some listeners and I you appreciate... already
0: sound regretful.
1: Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got we we got a lot of tweets. We did.
0: So that's something.
1: N- nearly 100 people that had ideas. So thank you for sending us your ideas. We don't use all of them. Spoiler alert. Uh we do use some of them and we muted
0: all of you after.
1: <laughs> you've all you've all been muted. And God have mercy on your soul. Um, no, we're going to go through some trades that I think there are some in here that make sense. Um, there's some players in here that I think would be worth going after. Uh, and so we're going to do some trade calls. Now, yeah. Yeah, before go, you
0: start, yeah. Uh, Antonio Daniels responded to your trade tweet. Yeah. Do you think he said that because he read some of the trades?
1: 100% he did.
0: <laughs> That's so funny to think that him scrolling... Through these bizarro trades
1: <laughs> I know even,
0: even I was like screenshotting a few of them and sending them to you like what mm-hmm. is this what what did you do Andrew yeah, what,
1: what have you what have you done yeah yeah it's funny to think that Daniel Daniels is scrolling <laughs> through my timeline looking at Alex Lynn for <laughs> Stephen Adams trades <laughs> oh man and then there's I mean I don't think that I put any of the Anthony Davis trades in here Because, like, honestly, if you're the Pelicans and the Thunder call you and they're like, yeah, we'd like to make a trade. And they're like, oh, okay, are you going to offer Russell Westbrook or Paul George? And Sam's like, no. They're like, "Okay, click, you know. Right. I mean, honestly. That sounded
0: more feasible back in February when, like, Steven Adams was. playing really well and we could kind of like talk ourselves if we squinted hard enough we could be like hey and and we're just coming off ferguson's like really hot january Mm
1: -hmm. yeah ferg finished the season like that you know and you think like oh man and he still may make a leap next year i mean that's not impossible yeah i'm sure he will um but still if he was shooting 45% 45% from three in the playoffs. The Thunder were still in it. The Thunder, like, go out in the Western Conference Finals, and Steven Adams and Terrence Ferguson just have this crazy hot playoff run where they're both averaging double digits and, you know, playing really well. Then, like, you could say, you know what? Like That may not be the worst thing in the world and c- keep Drew Holiday. You have a pick and roll with Steven Adams. You have Terrence Ferguson catching on the wing. Like, you're not irrelevant if you have that, you know? Yeah. And still it's still not what other teams will offer for, for A D. Um but now, like right now, like the Thunder that went out in the first round and both those guys looked pretty bad against the Portland Trailblazers who don't exactly have like defensive stoppers at those positions, <laughs> you know, it's uh it's a different proposition. Um, certainly, because you're they're not going to trade those guys. They're not going to trade Anthony Davis for those guys. I mean, they're just not going to. And and they may not trade Anthony Davis at all this summer. I mean, so we'll see about that. I I would still guess that they would, but David Griffin said, has said that he would like to focus on trying to keep him. Yeah. And so what I don't know how he would do that or what that looks like, uh, but it's at least an interesting thing to say. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't, so we don't have like there's the the classic uh Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams for Drew Holiday and and Anthony Davis trade. Like that's that's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Would I would the Thunder be better if that happened? Yes. <laughs> but they're not going to do that. And I don't know that why why and also like why would you do that if you're in New Orleans?
0: Yeah. So, I, I do like, I did. I found some of the trades interesting just from a theoretical perspective of thinking about pairing Drew Holiday with Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and, and what that would look like. Yeah. Um, I, I still don't know if it would totally work, but it, it, it is interesting.
1: I think he'd be great. I, I just don't know the Thunder have the assets outside of, and I don't know, like, why would you do a Steven Adams or Drew Holiday trade? Like, guards are just more valuable in this league. Right, and a guy like Drew Holiday, who's a really great defender and a good offensive player. I don't know. I I just don't. I'm just not seeing it. Like if I can't see it at all, then we just did not put it in the show. I and mean, that's <laughs> so. I'm just I'm just not seeing those. And maybe I'm wrong. Like Sam has done things where like if you presented that idea before the trade, I would say I don't see it. You know. So maybe I'm an idiot, which is extremely possible. Extremely. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's get into this. All right. Ring, 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 ring.
0: Hello, this is Sam
1: Presti. Pat Riley. Oh,
0: hi, Pat. Well, uh, I, before you get started, I just want to let you know what we're looking for in a trade, okay? Hmm. Uh, we we like athletes. Uh, we like length. Uh, we love arms. and we And we love legs. And I always say the longer the better, the more the better. So, you know, if you have a guy with three arms, let's say, four legs, I don't know. That's the type of guy who we think could fit in our culture.
1: Pat Riley. What do you got for me, Pat? <laughs> uh, we take back <clears> – <throat> oh, first of all, this is from at JPOSU. We take back uh, Dennis Schroeder and Andre Robertson, and we give you Kelly Olynyk and Dion Waiters.
0: Uh, so, first of all, what's very funny about this trade is that JPOSU sent a very thoughtful trade like, hey, I've really been thinking about this. I've been trying to work some trades. Mm-hmm. I just don't see anything that makes sense because <laughs> half the league is going to be free agents. Right. And I, I said to him, dude, just throw some stuff in the trade machine. It'll spit out some trash and send it to us. <laughs> and his trash trade made it on. So that lets you know <laughs> where we are.
1: <laughs> it's exactly where we are.
0: Uh, okay, you said was this the Onick trade? mm-hmm, okay, so yeah, um, the Dion waiters thing are are you still on the Dion train
1: never never left it
0: all right, well, bad news for you. He hasn't played fifty games in each of the last three seasons now, mm-hmm, okay. Now, he has shot at least 40% from the corners in mm-hmm. each of the last three seasons. I was listening to your pod with Mikey, and so with a lot of these players, I was looking up what they shot from the corners. So I feel like that's something that needs to be important going forward. I don't know. If you're going to add money beyond Robertson, because Robertson an expiring contract, yep. I don't know if Waiters is the type of player I really want to bring back. Yeah, in, but but and also you know where I'm coming with from with Dion. I was never a huge fan when he was here. Mm-hmm. I never bought into been, bought into Waiters Island. Um, I think Olenek obviously would play on this team. I think yeah. he could be the backup big like right off the bat. But
1: he's the most interesting piece in this trade for yeah. a lot of reasons. That he's a he's a guy that can play both big positions and he can really shoot the basketball. He shot 36% from three for his career, which for a big guy like that's pretty good, and you can throw the ball to him. And he's probably going to get a lot more open looks with Russell Westbrook throwing the ball than he would uh, Goran Dragic or anybody else on the Heat. Um, So I I like the idea of Olenek coming off the bench for the Thunder. Uh, The problem is he makes $13 million for the next two years, and that's kind of a lot of money for your backup center, you know? And and then at that point you have a lot of money invested, almost $40 million invested in your center position. And is that really the position that you want to have all that money invested in? I think the answer is probably no. Um, Oh, his, actually, his number actually goes down and then he has a player option on the final year, which he'd probably take, but his right. number goes down to 11.6 next season. Um, so, anyways, he he does have a five percent trade kicker, which Ooh. is a funny thing to have for a guy like Kelly Olynyk. But uh, anyway, I like I like the idea of him and him being able to hit shots and stretch the floor. And he would probably play well next to Jeremy Grant. I wouldn't say that he's the he obviously wouldn't be the starting center on the team, but I think he'd be a guy that would play a lot of minutes for them and is effective. Uh, doing a lot of things on the court. So I at least like that idea of him as your third big.
0: Yeah. I just yeah, it's just not worth sending that out
1: for waiters. Mm-hmm. Maybe
0: yeah. if waiters had played, you know, 70 games the last three seasons, I would feel better about it.
1: But. Mm-hmm. So the another trade that Evan E T M sent us is waiters for Robertson and Diallo. I wouldn't do that if I'm the Thunder. Uh, I would kind of like to see what Hami can be because I honestly think that giving the cap relief to the Heat would probably mean more than anything, you know. So you could send them Robertson and you could send them Nader, you know, to make exactly.
0: Yeah, I actually think we're giving up too much here.
1: Yeah, to make it work, and then you can get Dion Waiters back and. Again, it's it's like a, a who's healthy proposition here. Like the the fact is, the Thunder need like another wing that can play. And if Robertson is back, then and he can be something close to what he was, then you're not trading him for Dion Waiters. But if you have like serious questions about whether Andre Robertson will ever be back to the caliber of player that he was, then There's probably a trade to somewhere that makes sense just for cap relief reasons. And the Heat are a team that could really use it. And so a trade like that would make sense on some level in that capacity. Yeah. Okay. Um, Oh, I guess we do have this on here. Um, Ring, 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 ring,
0: ring. Good morning. This is Sam Presti. Uh, It's Kobe Altman. Oh, hi, Cobes. Hey. Well, just to give you an idea of where we're coming from, okay, The, the this season was disappointing for us. We can't deny that. Mm-hmm. But but for 69% of the season, we were nice. And I heard it from multiple people around the league. They say, you guys are nice. So I'm not going to make a trade based on 31% of the season, okay? You may focus on the 31%, but I can't forget the
1: 69 Hmm. Oh, okay. Uh cool um okay uh the the idea that i have for you is the uh kevin love and uh jordan clarkson for steve and adams and dennis schroeder uh that's the idea i have the the idea comes from at 405 fan he sent it to me um, so well, what are your what are your thoughts samuel and um can we make a deal
0: Okay, so one thing I did with every trade that involved Stephen Adams is I at least wanted to look at the durability of the players coming in because an underrated aspect of Stephen Adams is how durable he is, Mm -hmm. how many minutes he's played for this team year after year after year where you're not having to play some terrible backup center, Mm -hmm. big minutes. And you look at Kevin Love and everyone knows this, but he's missed at least 22 games each of the last three seasons and in six of his 11 NBA seasons. So this is something that goes back to the beginning of his career. He's on a massive contract, four years left, and that's not even counting that you have to bring in Jordan Clarkson and watch him play, (laughs) which I don't want to do. Do you want to do that? No. I'm not buying into that guy. I did when he got traded to the Cavs. They had that one really good game right after they traded for him. I'm
1: mm-hmm.
0: not going to do it, Andrew.
1: Yeah, he makes
0: $13.4 million next year. And he's an expiring, so it's like not that big of a deal. But actually, looking back at that, so this is just Love and Clarkson for Adams? Is that right? Yeah. Love and Clarkson oh, for Adams and Schroeder, yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, wait, are we actually adding to the tax bill? But I guess... It's- <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's, That's where I'm just like... Why are we adding Schroeder? Like Schroeder, he's not a perfect player, but he was really good in that game five for the Thunder. I thought, and I think that he's become a guy that you don't have to question whether he can play next to Russell Westbrook anymore. You know, I feel like the answer is like, yeah, he can, and he defends well enough. And he, there's going to be some circumstances where his size is a huge problem, certainly. But he's a guy that in a lot of games you can play him next to Russell. And so, like, why would you trade him for a guy, like, in Jordan Clarkson? Like, I'd feel, like, way less confident. I know Clarkson's bigger, but the dude is a much worse defender and is just not any good. I know he played for Tulsa for two years. That was cool. Um, Did he really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played University of Tulsa for his freshman oh, and sophomore year. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm I'm just – I'm not a Jordan Clarkson guy. I just think that he's uh, he's a chucker and uh this team needs like pure shooters right now and not chuckers so
0: and and we've kind of forgotten that you flash back 12 months and one of the biggest things we were concerned about is the backup point guard position yeah or i guess 24 months we were in dire straits and then 12 months it was like are we really going to run back with Raymond Felton as our backup point guard right and to think about trading for a non-point guard, Jordan Clarkson is just a wing. He's not really a guy you want running a, a second unit. No. And so then we have to figure out that spot again or play Felton 20 minutes a game.
1: hmm no. no. Don't want to do that. I guess I could go find a free agent of sorts, but it's, that becomes more difficult. I just
0: Yeah, because we've seen what happens with that.
1: Right. It's, it's not, not great. It's
0: not automatic. No. But they get someone good.
1: Uh okay. Uh this is from at Ben Elephant King. Uh ring 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 ring.
0: Hi, you've reached Sam Presty.
1: Oh uh, Ted Leonces.
0: Oh, oh, hi Ted. You're you're looking for an owner right now, right?
1: I am the owner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well well, Ted, I hope you're not interested in trading for Russell Westbrook. I mean, listen. Would I ever trade Russ? Probably not. Have I thought about it? Sure. Does he do things that bother me? Absolutely. When I'm watching him, do I sometimes scream into the pillow I keep under my desk for that express purpose? Who doesn't? (laughs) But listen, Russ has been here 11 years, and he was very nice in one press conference, which I think shows real growth. So no, we are not interested unless you are.
1: Ted Leonsis, uh, I've got a trade for you. Are you ready?
0: Oh, give it to me.
1: Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, for Bradley Beal and Ian Mahimi.
0: Ian. Um, I don't know why the Wizards do that. I have no idea. Because Mahimi isn't a bad I mean, he's obviously a terrible contract, but it's one year; like it's
1: expiring. Yeah,
0: they already know that John Wall probably isn't going to be back, right? At least next season. There, there are you know I, I've been listening. They're going to have that this like great insurance windfall from it. He mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't play. <laughs> he doesn't
1: play. It's, it's the most exciting thing about their season next year is the insurance windfall. <laughs> yeah, and if,
0: so if you are going to trade Bradley Beal, you have to get a blue chipper back, like a blue chip young guy yeah or you have to get like a really good pick back you're not selling your fan base on steven adams who's good but he's also like 26 years old dennis Schroeder, ferguson Diallo. it's not that's one of those things where like from rose colored thunderglasses, like yes i can see the potential with each of those guys but i bet if you, pro- if you propose this to a wizards fan they'd just be like what are you talking about yeah
1: <laughs> stop, why would i stop do this, this. Don't do this to us. Yeah. Yeah. Which also, like, be amazing. Yeah. This is like the all in for Bradley Beal for the Thunder in this era kind of move. And it's also like the same trade that you present to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. And if the Wizards are like, what are you doing? Just imagine what the Pelicans will say to you. So, yeah, uh,
0: because Beal is locked up.
1: Bill is locked up. Uh ring 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 ring. Uh Sam Presty. stock Doc Rivers. Oh hey Doc. Hey. Are you sick? What? Are you sick? No, no, Sam. No. Well just got Doc- a just got a good a good jog on. Got my got a sweat going for the day.
0: Doc, before you make your offer, why don't I give you an idea of what we're looking for, okay? Mm. Ideally, we'd love a a 6'6 shooting guard, you know, young veteran, maybe let's say 25 years old. You know, we've always loved international guys. So off the top of my head, you know, Spain is a country, for instance. Mm. You know, someone Mm. real sweet, uh, childlike wonder, (laughs) uh, whimsical facial hair. Someone like that, I guess, off the top of my head would be number one on our list. And in our hearts, if I'm being honest.
1: Alex? <laughs> well, oh, well, Sam, I can get get you somebody of uh, European uh, descent. Okay, okay. Uh, well, would you entertain a uh, Danilo Gallinari for <coughs> uh, Steven Adams trade? Oh man,
0: this this one. okay i'll start with the durability Mm -hmm. because we're trading trading steven adams last five seasons he's played 68 21 63 53 and 59 games
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i love gallo though
1: he's awesome
0: i love him he is going to be 31 at the start of next season is that true yeah 31 he's an old man
1: wow i would have
0: not guessed that
1: but guess but get this highest
0: PER of his career this year yeah shot 43.3 percent from three 42 percent from the corners the biggest thing about his game which always gets overlooked is the fact that he gets to the free throw line yeah I, he because he's a euro that i he probably got like a soft label attached to him which he is not yeah. he get, has six free throw attempts per game last year shooting 90
1: percent yeah he shot 90 percent or higher the past three seasons
0: yeah, I, I love Gallo. The idea of him being our four, because back in the day he was a small forward, and now moving him as to the power forward in yeah. in the Thunder's starting lineup would really be awesome. He is mm-hmm. an expiring contract. He's making twenty two point six this year, and then he's unrestricted, so that's kind of scary. Yeah, I I don't know. If you told me there was like we had like a definite good option at center like someone we could go get in free agency which i'm sure that player's out there Mm -hmm. i i don't know i would think about this one it still is very scary
1: it's very scary i would not do it but it is interesting
0: because that is like the the kind of player you would want he checks a lot of boxes
1: yeah um i'm not gonna go through this trade because i don't think it makes sense for okc to do it necessarily but nick korok brings up mike conley to the thunder
0: yeah
1: it's an awful lot of money for mike conley schroeder robertson diallo for conley
0: so yeah the issue with this one conley's about to turn 32 despite that he had the second highest pr of his career last season he actually had his highest scoring point total in his career yeah he had 40 against portland so he, it's not like he's slowing down. He really did have an amazing comeback season, but this would add significant money onto the tax bill. Yeah, because just, just the difference in uh, contracts alone is going to be somewhere like in the five to six million dollar range. Mm-hmm. And then you add whatever that would be, you multiply it, whatever it would be in the, the tax bill. And, and that's not even accounting for the fact like, would he and Russell be a good fit next to each other? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. It'd probably be good for Conley.
1: Yeah. I, I like Mike Conley. I
0: like he him. Could, he could take more of like a secondary ball handler role,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: he did not have this year in Memphis. Like he had his highest usage percentage of his entire career this season.
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It is. I just don't think that it makes sense for either team to really do that, though. Yeah. Ring, uh, ring, 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 ring. All right. Thanks for
0: calling. This is Sam Presti.
1: James Jones. James.
0: Hi. Well, thanks for calling. You, you know, this summer we're looking to add to our redundancies, and ideally we want redundancies to our redundancies. So, for instance, Dennis, he's the redundancy to Russ. Ray is the redundancy to Dennis. Juwan Evans, that's our fourth redundancy. I have Samaj on speed dial, fifth redundancy. I have Randy Foy's number in an old cell phone that I just need to charge up. That's a sixth redundancy. We've got a storm chaser named Rick with a beautiful floater. That's the seventh. You can see where I'm going. We just need more redundancies.
1: Uh, Sam, James Jones is going to take away some redundancies.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, You're going to take away? Yeah. Oh, geez. What are you going to uh,
1: do? Dennis Schroeder for uh, TJ Warren.
0: Woo! Okay. This one, I'm thinking about, Andrew. I'm thinking about it
1: you got to think about it.
0: I'm thinking about it. TJ Warren, first of all, you save a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. But by taking on an extra year at the end, Mm -hmm. because Warren still has three years left. Schroeder has two. TJ Warren, for the first time in his career, took more than 1.5 threes per game. Mm -hmm. Jumped from 1.5 up to 4.2 and shot 42.8%.
1: Jumped 20%.
0: And I was reading about it, and apparently he just took like 300 to 500 shots every day last summer. Yeah. Which that – then I was just like, oh, I wonder if Russ could do that and it would be as good. Probably wouldn't be, but anyways. No. <laughs> um, I love the idea of Warren off the bench being that that main scorer because yeah. he really can score.
1: Yeah, he can the score with the like ball a- in his hands. He's 6'8". Like, he can play multiple positions.
0: I think he's what I thought Markeith Morris was going to be. Yeah, um, He has never played more than 66 games in his first five seasons. That is kind of weird, isn't it? I it is, because I, I don't think he's had any major injuries, but yeah. he's always been out. Like, this year, I think it was an ankle, because he was on my fantasy team, and we I kept thinking he was going to come back, going to come back, and it just never happened. Then they eventually just shut him down. And this is going back to like December, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued though. And then from the Suns' perspective, I'm sure they're looking, <laughs> they're setting their sights higher than Dennis Schroeder for their starting point guard position.
1: Well, and also we need to see where they end up. If they end up number two, they're going to draft John Morant, and that's right. the story. Like that's it.
0: Yeah. So or at least uh, we
1: think. Like this, like, it, it could they could draft RJ Barrett and then still need a point guard like that that'd be a, that would not be shocking at all for the suns to do something like that but they should drop jaw and that should be it
0: yeah so i'm just saying i'm, I'm open to the idea i just like tj warren i do think he's probably still undervalued i mean he, he's probably paid fairly but um his play is probably undervalued and it's because we didn't get to see it for a full season yeah if he came back and did what he did this year in a full season I mean, he wouldn't be like Pascal Siakam getting uh, most improved (laughs) of the year. But people would be talking about him. Yeah. Because that really is – I mean, he dramatically changed his game. He was always the guy like, yeah, he can score, but he can't shoot threes. Mm -hmm. So, like, what are you doing with that wing?
1: Yeah, I like the idea. He's another guy that McKelly hates, but I like the idea myself.
0: Why would we ever listen to
1: (laughs) You know? Oh, I hear you. Yeah. No, I I I I think that's a that's a trade that makes sense for both teams on some level. If they don't get a point guard, they you have to have a point guard, especially if you're going to develop your big man, you have to have a point guard. Like you can't just keep doing this.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what happened to uh, the Sixers when they drafted three centers in a row and specifically Okafor. Yeah. And then they went into that season, and I don't, I don't even remember. I think it was uh, Isaiah Cannon was yeah. there, oh who, who ended up being a guy on the Suns later, right? Um, but like they could have gotten like a Jeremy Lin, like just bring in someone just who get, can run a good pick and roll, right. To see what you've got with these guys.
1: Yeah, you can't, you cannot develop them without that. Uh, okay, that's gonna be our last one. I've got to okay. go. Um, we'll do more trade calls throughout the summer. There's obviously free agency is another way the Thunder can improve, but. Kind of looking at it right now, and this is where we can be proven wrong very quickly, but it just seems like they're going to try to improve on the fringes and not try to make some big splashy move to you know, push Steven Adams off somebody else and then get somebody. Like It seems more likely that they'll keep the three core guys and then try to make a move with somebody else. Like To me, that's just looking at it and kind of trying to get some perspective and talk to some people. I think that that seems to make the most sense. And for them to more or less run it back, but just change some guys on the fringes or even like Schroeder, I think that would entertain a, a trade for him. Um, but they'll do something like something will happen, they will address the shooting somehow. And TJ Warren is a way to address the shooting, honestly. Like, he's a guy that can help, could help close games for you. And if he's hitting even 38% from three, like, that's a very helpful player. So, uh, Alex, thanks for coming on the show. got to follow Alex on Twitter at Baby Cakes. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Our show at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got some time. It's super easy. All you have to do is, in the Purple Podcast app, if you have an iPhone, click that, hit the search button, search Down to Dunk, hit five stars, boom. That's it. Please do that. Have a great Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning.